sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Welcome to Sweet Delay Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great. So last night was the video that I posted on the Facebook page announcing who the DVD winner is. So for those of you who have not checked it out yet, I am not going to announce the winner of the DVD contest until the next episode that comes out, which will not be Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but it's going to be next week's uh, Bruce Willis tribute episode. I'll go ahead and announce the winner of the DVD contest, also the runner-up, and what happened with that situation. So go to the Facebook page now and check and see if you are the winner. So guys, today is going to be the review, uh, part two of the Action Hero series, and we'll be talking Sylvester Stallone. Now, Sylvester Stallone is not my second favorite action hero. Uh, You would think I'd be going in order. It's actually Bruce Willis. But I wanted to do Sylvester Stallone because I had just watched Tango and Cash. I had some really good fun times with it. And I definitely wanted to review the movie while the movie was fresh in my mind. And that's why I put Sylvester Stallone as number two. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the Commando episode. I had a lot of fun in recording that. Uh, It was such a pain in the rear end to put it together though. But it was so much fun. And uh, it was was a good time. So hopefully you guys will totally dig this one. And... um, before I go ahead and get into the review of Tango and Cash, let's get into the movie and music news of the week. Ah, uh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Alright guys, this week in movie and music news, the most interesting article I read, which is not the Back to the Future shoes one, which I'll get into in a minute, but this is about the uh, Hellraiser. Uh, Well, there's no Hellraiser for Patrick Lauser and Tom Farmer, but these are the guys that are in control of Halloween 3. Now, uh, these guys, they are told that they have to do a PG-13 movie as their next film, which they know they can't do that with Hellraiser, but they would know it would be kind of difficult to do for Halloween. Now, you know Halloween 1 and 2 are on my list of the worst movies ever. Halloween 2 being number 1. But, the storyline that these guys have planned for Halloween 3 actually sounds kind of interesting. And what, they're, what they basically said is that, basically, we open at the end of Rob's movie. The whole first act is the end of Rob's movie. At the end of which Michael is killed, but instead of Scout stabbing Michael, Scout is Lori. That's the girl that played Lori. Rob has these visions and things, so we had it so she thinks she's killing Michael, but it's a vision and she's actually stabbing Loomis. And then Michael puts the mask on her and she stumbles outside, as we see in the theatrical version of Halloween 2. And then when she takes the mask off, that's when we switch to 3D, which I'm not sure if that's 3D, 3D, or the third movie. 
it would be flat until then. Anyway, Laurie survives and is taken to a mental institution, and then Michael returns, but it's not Rob's Michael that returns, it's the shape, the one from John Carpenter's vision. He stalks, he gets the original white mask back, he gets the coveralls, so it's still Rob's world, but with Carpenter's version of Michael. And of course, we have a great role for Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins is actually in part three. He'd be the, he's playing the doctor of the hospital, and the whole time in the TV, uh, well, the whole time, the TV in the rec room is playing the Silver Shamrock theme from uh, Halloween 3. So he says, turn that S off, he'll be saying, like in the film. And uh, they basically don't have a cast, but that's kind of the general outline. I really dig the fact that they would want to bring Michael back to the old school Carpenter days. But it's probably not going to happen. We will see. But I thought that was kind of interesting. So in regards to the Back to the Future shoes. Okay, so they've decided, Nike, that they were going to create the Back to the Future 2 shoes. But they're only doing 1,500 of them. Now, they don't have power laces but they have lights that last for like five hours charge. And the cool thing is, is that uh, there's only 1,500 of them and they're auctioned off. So the proceeds go to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. So people are spending five, to $7,000, uh, $7,000 on these shoes. So it's for a good cause, obviously you write it off, but there's only 1,500 available and your chances of you getting these shoes are gonna be slim to none. But I thought it's really cool that for once we actually get to see the Back to the Future shoes. Now all we need to get is the hoverboard. That would be so cool. So uh, kind of sad news if you uh, like Uncle Ben from the Spider-Man films. He has unfortunately passed away at the age of 88. That happened yesterday, I believe. So uh, Three Stooges uh, is set to arrive on April 4th, 2012. Transformers 3 is coming to DVD at the end of the month, but hold off people do not get it because it's just going to be a bare bones edition. It's not going to be like full features and that kind of stuff. That's going to come out in a couple of months. So make sure that you hold off on getting that. So also Straw Dogs. I've been seeing a lot of previews for this. It's got James Marsden and Kate Bosworth in it. And those two were in Superman Returns. That was Lois Lane and, and her man. So it looks like a pretty scary movie. Now, let's talk about scary movies for a second. Uh, if you don't know, if I've announced already on the Facebook page, basically any new movie that I see on DVD, I'm putting reviews on the Facebook page. So I usually watch one or two new movies a week and it's usually movies that are just recently come out on DVD or it came out on DVD a little while ago and I'm finally getting into it. But I watched Insidious last night. Now let me just say this is my wife's idea to watch this because I saw the previews. I was like, ah, it looks lame. I think it's stupid. I thought the previews were stupid. I didn't think it was going to be a very good movie. So I'm watching this movie. I'm like, wow, I'm getting a, a haunted house kind of effect with this film. And I'm not talking the paranormal activity kind. I'm just an overall haunted house feel. And I must say, uh, I have. It's been a very, very long time since I've seen a scary movie. And I'm not talking slasher. I'm not talking, you know, laugh out loud funny horror movie. I'm talking a scary movie. There was actually one point in the film where I screamed. Now it probably had to do with the fact that my wife was next to me and she screamed at the top of her lungs, which I guess kind of scared me. But I'll tell you the thing that I flip and screamed at. It was so damn scary looking unflippin' believable. And when you finally get to see the thing at the very end of the film, it looks amazing. Oh, good times. The last two minutes suck, 
Other than that, I gave it four and a half stars. It's the best scary movie I've seen in a very, very, very long time. I highly recommend it, especially if you dig uh, paranormal activity or you dig haunted house kind of stuff. It's basically you think the house is haunted, but it's really um, the kid. Uh, the kid that's in a coma, he's an astral projector. So because of the fact he's always out of his body and is and he's thinking in his dreams, uh, the the death, you know, the dead people want to try to get into his body is kind of how it works and he's kind of lost his way he's no longer in his body so that's where all this crap and craziness starts to happen to the family that you know the mom and the dad and everything amazing crazy scary film highly recommend it go check it out guys so uh, other than that the other interesting news that I found this week was in, uh, I guess, the music news. Uh, Kid Rock, always a big fan of Kid Rock, Maroon 5, Jordan Sparks. Uh, they they basically kicked off the NFL kickoff. And they kind of had a 9-11 um, theme going. Today is 9-11. Uh, it's the 10th anniversary. So, you know, our, our hearts, prayers, and thoughts go out to all the people out there who were affected by September 11th. And, uh, of course, Kid Rock is always the person you want to have lead off your uh, patriotic theme because, I mean, that guy, he's flipping awesome. Uh, All of his music and his videos, it's all about America. You know, it's like Toby Keith, man. Those two guys together, they're all about America. They do the flag, everything, man. They're probably the most patriotic uh, artists I've, I've come that I that I've seen, you know, I'm sure there may be more patriotic artists, but those are the two that I know of. Right when I think of patriotic artists, I automatically think of Kid Rock and Toby Keith. So it's good times. Uh, you can go to Billboard.com and you can check out the videos of the kickoff from Kid Rock and from Jordan Sparks, Maroon Five, Lady Antebellum. So it was pretty good videos. Check it out. Jordan Sparks did the national anthem. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Maroon Five. I can't stand that guy. I think uh, I'm not a big fan of that band at all. But Jordan Sparks, she's amazing, especially doing the national anthem, good times. So that's it, guys. That's going to be it for the movie and music news. Let's go ahead and get into the review of Tango and Cash. I'll tell you one thing. Whoever set us up is really connected. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax. Soak. And don't flatter yourself. Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. He's a Kong. He's a go. But doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate you karate guys. Two of L.A.'s top rival cops are having a great time staying in rhythm. Excuse me, man. Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in L.A. That's funny. I hear the same thing about you. But they're going to have to work together, even if it kills them. Right now! We'll take it. No, that's one of a kind. We won't put a scratch on it. Did you sleep with my sister? I was so drunk, I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. (laughs) 
Tango and Cash. All right, so this is the review of Tango and Cash. Now, this is the salute to Sylvester Stallone. So just kind of like I did with Arnold, I'm basically going to review my favorite film, which my favorite film from Sylvester Stallone is Tango and Cash. And then I'm just going to basically highlight uh, his filmography, uh, the movies that I've seen, my what I my thought my quick thoughts on each film and my rating. Um, I'm not going to have any one-liners for you because Stallone doesn't, he's not a very good one-liner person. Uh, when he does do one-liners, they are good, but he's nowhere near Arnold. Uh, Bruce Willis is the second best one-liner dude there is, hands down. Uh, Stallone, he's more, you know, he's more the action guy. You know, the kind of the quiet but deadly kind of action dude so I'll get into that later but no one liner segment from Stallone so hopefully you're going to be cool with that but overall Tango and Cash the reason I dig this movie so much is number one uh, this is Stallone not playing Rocky not playing Rambo he's playing a real clean cut uh, preppy type of cop which uh, the way he talks his attitude he's got glasses he's got shoulders back totally different persona than you're used to seeing him from First Blood and Rambo and uh, Rocky films. Good, good times. Uh, Kurt Russell is also in this film, so I'll do a quick high level, uh, my thoughts on Kurt Russell. So it's kind of like two birds and one stone. Kurt Russell isn't considered an action hero per se, but he's done a good majority of action films that were very, you know, they were they were pretty good. So I, I dig a lot of Kurt Russell films. So here's the deal with Tango and Cash. Uh, you, basically, I love buddy cop films. Lethal Weapon is my favorite buddy cop film series. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop would probably be like number two. Tango and Cash, I swear, I wish this could have been a series of films. If this was a series of films, I easily would have put this as my number one. Uh, this movie is so good. The chemistry between these two, they're so opposite to track, like Lethal Weapon style. But uh, this movie is just, it's really good. They have their chemistry, you know, chemistry-wise, they, they fight in the beginning, and of course they come together by kind of, and this time it's the middle instead of the end. And uh, really good stuff. So let's get into this. Okay, so Tango and Cash is a 1989 action comedy, and you have Jack Palance that stars in it, which I can't stand this guy. This guy is so annoying. Uh, Terry Hatcher, very beautiful, very cute, very young looking. Uh, Terry Hatcher is aged very well. As uh, you know, Desperate Housewives. I've seen her in a lot of different films, but she is amazing looking in this film. And uh, the film basically is a struggle of the two biggest LAPD narcotic cops. We have Sylvester Stallone that plays Ray Tango. And we have Kurt Russell that plays Gabriel Cash. And they're forced to work together. And the reason why they're forced to work together is they're basically framed for murder. And what happens is, is the film begins with Ray Tango. He's driving this late model Cadillac convertible in pursuit of a tanker truck. Uh, music, The music in this film is kind of like a synthesizer, but it works. Really good stuff. And... Uh, and right off the bat, you see Sylvester Stallone. He's got his hair neatly styled. He's dressed in his three-piece suit. And what he does is he stops this truck 
which the LA County authorities they think it's like a gasoline truck and they're out of their jurisdiction basically so Stallone gets ahead of this truck like real far ahead of this truck gets out and he has his you know his eight shooter gun or six shooter drops all the bullets on six this new roll of bullets in there and he just slowly pulls back the trigger and shoots one bullet goes right through the windshield right by the guy's head uh, this is the driver shoots another bullet you know and of course they're thinking he's crazy by the third bullet they are about ready to crash they hit the brakes and of course they come crashing out and he's like nice of you to drop in and the guy's like f you he goes no thanks i prefer blondes so what's funny is when all the the cops show up the guys that are part of that district um they're like you're out of your jurisdiction why did you stop a gasoline truck and he's like this is a moving violation and the funniest thing is one of the guys says you know when he's going off on him the one of the cops saying how who and the f do you think you are and one guy's like he thinks he's rambo and the funny thing is is tango goes rambo is a pussy squabble and for the reference on that go see episode 49 of show me the winston to get the joke behind that and he shoots the shoots the gun which by the way that wasn't actually what he says but you'll know what i mean as an inside joke if you listen to show me the winston so anyways he shoots it he shoots the tanker and cocaine comes out and he just says you want to get high real funny good stuff so then we move on to before we get to cash we see Jack Palance pull up now Jack Palance you're going to know him from flipping Batman 89 City Slickers I mean this guy he's been acting for a long time but I can't flip and stand this guy he's just so flipping annoying he's just over the top actor he's ridiculous I can never stand this guy ugh this guy's definitely low point of the film. But he's talking how if there's not tango, there's cash. If there's not cash, there's tango. And he's losing millions of dollars. And the cool thing is, in sitting in the car is a guy that would soon be in a film with Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Old China. It's Mr. Low Pan. He's one of the, I guess you could say, associates working. Uh, now, Jack Plants is playing uh, Perrette. And this is one of the associates of Pred kind of thing. And they're just talking how we got to find a way to take him out. But I have a, I have an idea. So then you get the introduction of Kurt Russell who plays Gabriel Cash. They don't actually say Gabriel too much in this film. I think they say it like twice. He shows up in his apartment. Now, there's a huge difference with the with how they set this up. When they show Tango, it's kind of a clean office environment. Then when you when they show you cash, it's kind of like down and out city, you know, lots of kids hanging around. It's just they're just trying to show you like high class and middle class kind of thing is how they try to pull that off. So cash, you know, he's got this old Corvette, his hair's all long and shaggy, dressed in jeans, t-shirt, waist link jacket, you know. And he goes in his apartment and he just sees that he's on the paper. He looks in the mirror. He's all happy. This dude comes out and shoots him. But luckily he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And the guy gets a, he's trying to get away and, and, and Cash goes after him. He steals this guy's car. And uh, 
real good action scene trying to get him down uh, another set of boobies uh, probably one of my second or third set of boobies I see in this film where there's people making out or you know doing the doing the nasty in the car and uh, of course he crashes this dude's car up and he's just like you crazy guy you'll mess up my car and he's just like welcome to America so real good time so the next scene is basically the guy after he's taken to police station saying he doesn't speak English. So you see you know, Cash take off his shirt saying how I got a hole in it. You know, the shirt cost me nine bucks, which is kind of funny. But he goes to his desk and realizes his gun's been messed with. He's like, hey, who F with my gun? And that's when you kind of get the... The, uh, you kind of get the hint that things are going to happen uh, pretty soon. And when he goes to interrogate the guy, it's real funny. Uh, he puts him on the bathroom floor and sticks a chair over him and is starting to choke him with the chair. And basically he is told about a deal that's scheduled to take place tonight, which of course the deal is really a plan by Pred to frame Tango and Cash for murder. And eventually Tango and Cash, they separately go into the empty, the empty building. Um, Tango has found this guy named Quinn, uh, Perret's lead henchman, basically. And after surprising each other, you get a, you know, a real good thing. Hey, I heard you're the second best cop in L.A. Funny, I heard that about you. He goes, this is my case. This is Tango. Uh, Sylvester Stallone saying, this is my case. I've been working on it three months. He goes, well, show the smart you are. I've been in for 30 minutes and I've, or three hours and I figured everything out, you know. So right off the bat, they're, they're butting heads, which is real. But they got real good chemistry together. And they're like, okay, let's go in on three. One, and then Kurt, Kurt Russell, which is cash, goes in on two. Real funny so that's when they realize that um they find this dead man who is attached with audio equipment under his clothes and a team of fbi agents swarm in and one of the agents name is weller he finds cash's pistol on the floor and when they do that you know they arrest cash and tango and of course you know tango is trying to say hey i don't know this guy i'm leaving but of course that, that never flies in a film so at this point they are at a murder trial and the detectives have this tape that is played which they have they the bad guy Perret hires this real this real good audio guy to take everything that they were talking about and mix the tape together so it sounds like they were making a deal with this FBI agent and killed him but of course that's not really what happened but the audio guy is like one of the best that there is so one of the cool thing is is during the trial they tried to have the best audio guy authenticate this tape to see if it's really it goes yes it's real and of course it's real because he's the one that put it together but of course he's not going to admit that and you get some really cool lines how they're like when this is over remind me to rip jumbo's tongue out of his throat and the other one will say with the tow truck he goes, when we get out of here, I'm going to pay Jabba the Hunt a, uh, a visit. You know, real, real good stuff. So the lawyers are trying to basically have them take a deal. Uh, before they do that, well, no, bef actually the lawyers try to have them make a deal, you know, plead, no contest, you'll get a lesser charge, you'll be in a minimum state prison, only have to do like nine months, or six, yeah, nine months. And so... The judge says, is there anything you would like to say before I sentence you? And, you know, of course, Tango 
being the cool preppy guy he is just talks about how great it is being a cop and how this shouldn't affect the police department how I love working on all these guys and then you get Cash who's just like this whole thing effing sucks you know and everybody starts cheering it's real hilarious so they think that they're going to a minimum state prison which of course isn't the case they are being sent to a maximum security prison which has all the dudes that Tango and Cash has put away and these guys, I mean, everybody's paid off. The warden, the cops, the guards, the you know, they're basically free to do what they need to do so they could basically take out Tango and Cash. Because Perrette's guys are saying, Well, it's great that Tango and Cash are off the streets, but when they get out, they're still gonna wreck all of our plans. And that's when Perrette's like who says they're ever going to get out? Because his plan is, is that his dudes in the jail are going to murder Tango and Cash. So the funny parts are when they get to jail and they start coming in contact with people that they put away. Especially in the very beginning when uh, when Tango shoots the guy in the truck who came out the window. He calls him uh, Conan the Barbarian, which is kind of funny. There's always Schwarzenegger and Stone references throughout the 80s and 90s. And uh, when they get their cellmate, you have Clint Howard as Tango's cellmate, which he's really good. He plays this psychotic, you know, I'm crazy, I'm not afraid of anybody, he plays a little slinky. And then you have Cash's cellmate, who's this, you know, big, buff, black guy, real, real funny. I've seen him in plenty of movies. He's, he's absolutely hilarious, but of course, he can play the, the, big tough guy when he needs to and tells him how that crapper is his and when Tang when Cash sees how big he is he's like let's get something straight that is yours uh, so Mr. Slinky uh, he throws his Slinky at Tango's paper that he's trying to read Tango's playing it all cool but later on he's actually going to wrap him up in his own Slinky to let him know he's not going to take any of his crap well when the lights go off all the dudes come in and they take Tango and Cash, they beat them up, and they stick them. It's like a like a boiler room, and they have them strung up, and they're basically electrocuting them. And at this point, they figure they know that they're gonna die. And that's when Perrette shows up and lets them know that, hey, I know you know you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. You've caused me a lot of trouble. I don't like you very much. And the only thing that saves them from being killed is one of Cash's um, old partners comes in with actual real good cops, you know, not paid off cops, to help break everything up and put them back into, put them back in their jail cell. This guy's name is Matt. He's actually the assistant warrant. And he's recommending that they escape. And he actually gives them a plan. He gives them like the blueprints. But Tango refuses to go along with it. Um, Cash tries to escape um, because, you know, he's just like, I can't trust this guy. I don't want to escape. But he's like, do you want to have a repeat of last night? There's no way we're going to make it out alive. So for the next 15 minutes you get – now, let me just say this. I flippin' love prison escape movies, okay? Shawshank Redemption is probably the biggest – um, prison escape movie or one of the most popular. I flip and love that which is one reason why I really dig this film because you have action, you have comedy you have a prison break um, you have uh, it's, you have a hot girl in it, uh, you have good one-liners, good chemistry good story 
but the most important thing though is the prison break that scene lasts for about 15 minutes real good stuff because obviously things don't go the way they're supposed to go they come in contact with the guys that were trying to kill them the night before and uh, the way they escape is pretty flipping awesome especially trying in the rain trying to jump to a cable wire slide down with their belt and they question whether they're going to get electrocuted or not so when they finally do escape um, Tango tells Cash that if he comes in any trouble to go to this place called Cleopatra's, which is Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher plays Tango's sister. Uh, you know, at first you think that they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but right off the bat, well, like a couple minutes later, they tell you that that's his sister. So the the funny thing is, is Cash doesn't know that that's his sister. So they kind of toy with that for a little bit. Because Tango eventually goes to Cleopatra's, uh, but before he does that, each of the guys are trying to track down the people that set them up. Um, they go to the audio guy, they get a real copy of the audio, they go to the cop that said that, you know, they're going to put him away, um, which Agent Weiler the guy that found Cash's pistol he actually gets blown up because what happens is after Perrette finds out that Tango Cash's escape prison he sends his dude his main henchman to clean things up which means you kill all the people that help frame Tango and Cash so the audio guy he's he doesn't actually get killed but the one but the other guy does the agent gets killed Oh, and I forgot to mention, they actually did kill Matt, the guy that helped them escape. They killed him in the prison. So after they, you know, visit, after Tango visits uh, Requim uh, in charge of the setup, and then Cash discovers the audio expert, um, that's when Cash will then go to Cleopatra. Uh, her name's Catherine. And Catherine will actually help Cash escape because the police come in because the the guy at the door obviously must have known that he was cash and he escaped so the cops come in now let's just put it this way uh, Kurt Russell is not the prettiest woman in the world because the way that they pull this off is that uh, Catherine dresses as a guy dressed in a biker suit and Kurt Russell comes out just like a girl he's not a very attractive woman but you kind of have to go with it that he's he does it long good enough to fake the cops that he's a woman so they go back to Catherine's house and that's when um, Cash is trying to get the 411 on Catherine and, and Tango and just try to realize you know if he loves them and you know the typical romantic scene but what's funny is is his disc is out of place from you know going down the wire after escaping and, and landing um, like 30 feet he his disc got out of his back. So Catherine's massaging him, trying to put it back. So when uh, Tango shows up, he thinks that they're having sex. So he actually sees somebody uh, in the backyard, and he grabs a duck, and he jumps over them without looking because he doesn't want to be freaked out. And it's actually Tango's boss. And the whole time, uh, Tango is trying to... After after everything settles down, Tango tries to find out from Catherine, what were you doing on the couch with the elephant man? You know, that's kind of the thing he says. And neither one, Cash or Catherine, will tell Tango what was going on on the couch. It was their business, you know. But um, Tango's bosses basically let him know, you know, you only have so much time to prove that you 
are framed. I basically have 24 hours to find out who Rick Quinn was working for and to get your proof. And it helps because of Tango's um, commanding officer's name is Schroeder. He actually has Rick Quinn's address. And Rick Quinn, if you didn't know, is Perret's henchman. He gives him the address and says, you know, you got 24 hours to find out who he's working for. So Tango and Cash, they go apprehend Rick Quinn and they they find out eventually that Perret is the guy behind it. And, and you get a real good uh, bad cop good cop scene but it's not good cop bad cop it's bad cop worst cop because they they try to hang him over a ledge and he's like you know what just drop me you know i don't give a crap and that's when they wrap a grenade around his mouth and they said this is plan b and you get they both start arguing it's supposed to be just a fake thing and make them think that they're gonna that that Tango's going to pull the pin out. And by scaring him like that, that's how they actually get the information that it was Perrette. And they're like, you think he's telling the truth? Well, if you look down below, he peed his pants, so that's how you could tell he was telling the truth. So in order for them to go and get Perrette, they go see Cash's buddy. And Cash's buddy is like this real nerdy guy, but he makes a lot of really cool weapons. So they get this high-tech assault vehicle. And I mean, this thing is flipping awesome. You've never seen it in a movie before. It's like this Knight Rider-looking truck with, like, assault rifles on it and all this stuff. It's amazing. And, and, of course, it's a prototype. And the only way they convince this guy to let him take it is by saying, we won't put a scratch on it. So what's really cool is at this point, Tango and Cash are really... You know, ever since they escaped the prison, they've been really close to each other. And that's when Cash is telling Tango that, you know, I really want to date your sister. So, and he said, and Tango's like, you know what, I have nothing against you, but I just don't want my sister to get a call saying something has happened to you. And that's when Cash, being an arrogant guy, he says, nothing's going to happen to me. But, you know, I appreciate your, your thoughts there. So... The rest of the film, they're no longer fighting. They're just making one-liners about the situations that they're in, which is really cool. So think like Lethal Weapon 2, where they're best buddies and they're in a bunch of crap together, and they're always making one-liners about the situation they're in. That's the point of the film that you're now in. Versus Lethal Weapon, uh, it was broken up into three parts. This movie pretty much does beginning, middle, and end of the relationship of they hate each other, they're... They're best buds, and they take things down together as best buds. You know, that's kind of, they do a really good job, especially storyline-wise, and for only running 104 minutes, it, it does an excellent job. Um, the pace is amazing, works well, um, real real good stuff. So what they, we get towards the end of the film, where armed with the with this high-tech assault rifle, they go into Perrette's headquarters. They crash through the outer fence. They destroy a fleet of armed trucks, hijack two heavy vehicles. They crash into the main building. They kill several guards. I mean, the typical, you know, 80s, two guys killing everybody kind of thing, except normally it's one guy. This time it's actually two guys. Good stuff. Now, Perrette has actually kidnapped Catherine. And he starts a timer that's going to trigger the building's automatic self-destruct procedure. Which, why would you have a self-destruct procedure in your building? I don't know. But they only have like nine minutes. So after they kill Pred's core security guards, uh, Tango and Cash, they confront Raquin this time. And who's holding Catherine at knife point 
but he actually throws her aside and he fights hand to hand. Now the cool thing is um, there's this line in the film called Fubar. And I absolutely love this. It's called Effed Up Beyond All Recognition. And they say that uh, first time in the prison where Cash says Tango that we're going to get FUBAR now. And he goes, what's FUBAR? And that he'll explain later that it means Effed Up Beyond All Recognition. So when Cash is fighting Requiem, he sticks the grenade in his pants. And he says, "Is it? A, it's not a dud now. And he throws him down the stairs. He blows up. And he has the pin in his mouth. And he shows it to Tango and says... Fubar major style, you know, or some something along those lines. It was absolutely hilarious, which is totally true. I mean, the guy was beyond Fubar at that point. So we get to this one point. Now, this is the only part of the film uh, that I can never figure out. Um, you have Perrette holding Catherine with a gun, and he's ha- he's surrounded by these mirrors. And Tango and Cash look at the mirrors and somehow figure out. Which one is him? You know, kind of think Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee style, you know, where the guy's in all the mirrors and you don't know which one is him. It's kind of like that, but less cooler. And each one realizes who it is and they shoot him in the head. And they do explain, well, I knew it was him based on the watch and I knew it was him based on this, but I've never been able to figure it out by watching it all these times. Uh, oh, it, it's not that it it's like anything's wrong with that scene. It's just it annoys me because I'm too stupid to figure it out which one is really him so uh, it's always good times though so basically they they run uh, they get out just in time the building explodes and they joke half seriously that uh, Cash's you know desire to kick Catherine and the film ends with the uh, newspaper saying you know they're heroes again so overall uh, great great film if you like buddy cop films this is you have the the ultimate series, which is Lethal Weapon. I would put Tango and Cash right below Lethal Weapon. I mean, as far as buddy cop films go, that's the two best right there. Lethal Weapon series, Tango and Cash, Beverly Hills Cop, and then everything else. I mean, those are your top three buddy cop films. And I mean, Beverly Hills Cop is solo, but he still has his two buddies along with him. You know what I mean? So, excellent film. Um, I would definitely give this four and a half, no doubt about it, because of the fact the movie still holds up today. Um, the little technology that they show, you, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, you could tell it's old, but I mean, the story is excellent, um, the pace is excellent, uh, the chemistry is excellent. Uh, if you can stand Jack Palance in his ridiculous character, uh, he's really the only low point of the film. Um, Terry Hatcher is excellent. Um, real good. So four and a half, no doubt about it. This is my favorite Sylvester Stallone film because number one, you can understand him. He doesn't have, you know, the Rocky voice. Uh, he doesn't have the Rambo voice because in Rambo he doesn't talk too much. He's not stupid, you know, like don't tell mom the, you know, don't sh- don't I don't know, shoot her. My mom don't I don't know that stupid mom don't shoot movie whatever it was called it was totally ridiculous uh but he's he's very cool uh you know demolition man is amazing movie uh he kind of plays tango in demolition man but without the glasses and stuff so excellent excellent film 
So my overall dislikes is just pretty much Jack Plants. I just I, I know there may be people out there that really dig this guy. This guy really brought it down for me. I, I mean, I hated him in Batman. He was ridiculous. I hate him in this movie because I got to see him anymore. Uh, I mean, if Low Pan flipping would have been the main bad guy, that would have made the movie so much better. But overall, that's really, as far as plot hole goes, I really haven't found any, especially in times I watched it. Um, the mistakes, I mean, you have the typical stuntman mistakes, which you could tell it's not Sylvester Stallone. You could tell it's not Kurt Russell. It's some dude that doesn't even look like him. Uh, but they don't have it as bad as other movies that I've seen. I maybe saw it twice so it wasn't too bad but I've always enjoyed this movie it's always been excellent times for me and when I think of Sylvester Stallone I'm like this is my movie and then The Expendables is like yeah that's like my second favorite Stallone movie so let me sit here and go through real quick the Sylvester Stallone films and kind of uh, if I've seen them what I thought uh, that kind of thing so here we go moving on we have 1970s which right off the bat, and I haven't seen a lot of these. We have Party and Kitty and Studs, No Place to Hide, Bananas, Clute, The Lord of Flatbush, The Prisoner, Second Avenue, Capone, Death Race 2000. All of those I have not seen. Now, Death Race 2000, uh, Jason, Dan, and Aaron recommended me to see that because I love Death Race, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, Mandino, Farewell, My Lovely, Police Story, Kojak, Cannonball, uh, I saw Cannonball, but I don't really remember him in Cannonball. So let's get to Rocky. Now, Rocky Balboa, uh, excellent film. I mean, I would say Rocky is probably, if not a, f a five-star film, a four-and-a-half. I mean, easily. I mean, you guys know the awards that are, it made. Really good writing. Um, it's John Avildsen, you know, Karate Kid. So, uh I give that movie the utmost respect. It definitely des deserves it. So I would say uh, a strong four and a half week five. Uh, Fist, never seen Paradise Alley. Rocky 2. Rocky 2 I really enjoyed. Uh, only drops maybe a half star. So probably four stars there. Nighthawks, haven't seen. Escape to Victory, haven't seen. Rocky 3. Uh, this one is a three. Um, I dig Mr. T. But uh, wasn't as compelling as Rocky 2. I think Rocky 2 was my favorite until Rocky Balboa. So uh, even though I like Rocky 2 over Rocky, I know that Rocky is a better film than Rocky 2, if that makes any sense. So um, we have Night uh, Rocky 3, First Blood. First Blood, excellent film. Uh, I really wish they didn't make any more Rambo films. Uh, First Blood is excellent film. Four and a half stars. No doubt about it. Staying Alive, never seen it. Rhinestone, uh, two stars. Rambo First Blood Part 2. This is kind of the fun factor of uh, the Stallone, Schwarzenegger years. So I would say three and a half on this one. Uh, Rocky 4, uh, better than number 3. More drama, four stars. Cobra, two stars. Not a fan. I saw one as a kid though, so I, I do have to admit that was my rating as a kid. So I'd have to rewatch it to give you a real honest opinion. Over the top, four and a half. Love this movie. Uh, it's the uh, arm wrestling film. I dig the music. I mean, we have um, "Meet Me Halfway" by Kenny Loggins, epic song. Uh, I love the storytelling in this film. Uh, real good drama. Not a lot of comedy. Um, a lot of crying in this film. Four and a half, no doubt about it. Good stuff. 
Then we have uh, we have Rambo 3, 2 stars. I don't like this film at all. Lock Up, excellent film, 4 stars. Uh, Tango and Cash, obviously, gave him a rating. Rocky 5. I love Tommy Morrison, but this movie sucks. 2 stars. Oscar, excellent film. Not a lot of people know about this film. It's a very, very good comedy. Marissa Tomei. Uh, this movie, a strong 4.5 week 5. Um, Stop or my mom will shoot one star. Cliffhanger, didn't see that. Demolition Man, four and a half. Excellent action comedy film. Awesome. The Specialist, two stars. Judge Dredd, haven't seen it. Assassins, Antonio Banderas. Good film. Uh, I would say probably three and a half. Your Studio and You, never seen. Daylight, haven't seen. The Good Life, haven't seen. Men in Black, he plays an alien TV. So, eh. Men in Black overall, it's a four star film. Uh, Copland, I haven't seen it, but I heard good things. Ants, haven't seen. Uh, the Alan Smith film, haven't seen. Get Carter, haven't seen. Driven, haven't seen. But I did hear Driven and Get Carter are very good. Liberty Kids, Detox, Avenge Angelo. Kind of by this time period, I was kind of over Stallone. Um, he just kind of wasn't making that. After Demolition Man for me, it was kind of like, man, he's not making any more awesome movies. So I kind of, I kind of lost interest in Stallone. Demolition Man for me is the la- is the last best film of his highlight career for me. Um, but things pick up though after we get to Rocky Balboa. Now before that, he made Las Vegas, Spy Kids, Three, Shay, Taxi Three. I don't really care about those films. Never seen it. But Rocky Balboa is by far the best of the Rocky series. It was amazing writing, directing, um, excellent story, excellent characters. The it was amazing. Um, Rocky Balboa five stars. Absolutely love that movie. It was amazing. Rambo. Uh, the violence is pr- this is probably the most violent movie I have ever seen in my whole entire life. Uh, Rambo. I mean, like two thousand people die on the screen in this film. Uh, but it was excellent. It's the best Rambo film, no doubt about it. Four stars. Kambati uh, Ishk, whatever that is. Uh, the Expendables. Now, for fun factor, this movie gets a five. But, I mean, if we're talking story and stuff, we're talking like maybe a three stars. But basing everything all together, four and a half stars for The Expendables. Absolutely love it. Zookeeper, haven't seen Expendables 2. Obviously, I haven't seen it yet, but I cannot wait. Van Damme is confirmed for The Expendables 2. Uh, so is Schwarzenegger and Willis. They're all going to have major parts in the film. And Bullet to the Head. Haven't seen it yet. So that's my overall of uh, Stallone. Um, again, he is probably my third favorite action star. We have Schwarzenegger as one. Uh, we have Bruce Willis as two. And we have Stallone as three. So good times there, guys. All right, now let's talk some Kurt Russell real quick here. Now, Kurt Russell, a uh, huge fan, love his stuff. Uh, like I said, he's not a huge action guy per se, but he's done some action films. But overall, I'm just going to go through uh, some of the Kurt Russell films. Uh, we'll start with this filmography, and the dude's been going since 1963. Uh, let's see. It happened at the World's Fair, The Fugitive, Gunsmoke, Guns at Diablo, The Virgin, uh, The Virginian, Gilligan's Island, uh, Follow Me Boys, Lost in Space, Loretto, The One, The Only, Genuine, Original, Family Band, The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, Guns in the Weather, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, Men at Law, The Barefoot Executive, Fool's Paradise, Now You See Him, Now You Don't. 
Charlie and the Angels, Super Dad, Gunsmoke, The Strangest Man in the World, Deadly Tower, Search for the Gods, Elvis, Used Cars. Finally, we're getting to the point where I've actually seen these movies. Now, uh, Escape from New York, I haven't seen yet. Uh, Fox and the Hound, good movie, haven't seen it. The Thing, I have it. I haven't watched it yet, though, surprisingly. Slick Wood, Swing Shift, Terror in the Island, The Mean Season, Big Trouble in Little China. So Big Trouble in Little China is my first official Kurt Russell movie, I would say. Um, good times. Love this movie. It's like Mortal Kombat meets uh, flipping magic. I don't know. I, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I swear, if I want to watch a Mortal Kombat movie, I watch this. Uh, I, I love Big Trouble in Little China. Easily four stars possibly four and a half but no doubt about it without even thinking I automatically think four stars best of times eh, two stars overboard real good fun comedy three and a half tequila sunrise haven't seen it winter people haven't seen it uh, backdraft now being from Chicago this movie actually means a lot to me because of the fact it was filmed right by my house uh, the fire station was two blocks from my house and it was really, really cool. So, and Jason Gedrick is in this film. When he gets burned, it always devastates me. Hard to watch. Four and a half stars. Uh, Unlawful Entry, very good. Four stars. Captain Ron, three stars. Tombstone, four stars. Then we have Stargate. Haven't seen that yet. Forrest Gump, voice of Elvis Presley. I hate Forrest Gump. Uh, Executive Decision, uh, I would say three stars. Escape from LA, haven't seen it. Breakdown, very good movie, four stars. Soldier, haven't seen it. 300 Miles of Graceland, haven't seen it. Vanilla Sky, Interstate 60, Dark Blue, haven't seen it. Miracle, finally saw a tie. Good stars, uh, good movie, four stars. Sky High, eh, three stars. Dreamer, haven't seen it. Poseidon, haven't seen it. Death Proof, love it, four stars. Cutlass and Touchback. So that's pretty much it for Kurt Russell. Now, as you can see, he doesn't do a lot of action films, but he does. Uh, he's made a lot of movies in a lot of different areas. So really enjoy Kurt Russell. He is super fun time. I don't have any one-liners for you in regards to Stallone, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the. Uh, well, before I get into the music spotlight, let me go into uh, some some news a little bit here. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off I recorded uh, with Andrew. That's probably coming out after this episode just because um, there, was a, there was a really bad incident that happened during our conversation that um, a lot of our calls got disconnected because I had to stop recording um, to talk to him, to deal with situations. We actually had to end the call. I had to call him back later. So it's a really uh, – it's like – it's like five just so you know for those people who don't when you're on Skype and uh, when you're recording once you hang up that's the end of a recording so I actually have like five, five phone conversations that I have to put together to make it sound really really good so it's just that it's going to take me some time to do that because of the crap that I was going through through the episode. Um, I had to re-record a lot of stuff just because my attitude just wasn't in the game. My head wasn't there. But overall, we had a really good time. So that will be coming to you uh, this week. Now, I know this episode's coming to you on a Sunday because I know originally it was supposed to come out on a Wednesday. But it probably just worked out better that it came out today just with uh, the things I was going through and uh, recording Ferris Bueller with Andrew on Friday and today being September 11th. Um, but I will on Wednesday, if all goes well, 
and we'll record the Armageddon uh, Bruce Willis action hero tribute. Now, Armageddon uh, is my favorite Bruce Willis film, even though you're like, why not Die Hard, you know, a bunch of other stuff. But Armageddon, yep, that's my first Michael Bay film. Um, there's tons and tons of things I absolutely love about this film. So I will get into that on the review. So probably Ferris Bueller will be coming out the same exact time that uh, Armageddon will be coming out. So be on the lookout. Now, if you'd like to write in, um, go ahead and do that to SweepTheLakePodcast at Yahoo.com. Also follow me on Twitter. I'm at STL Podcast. I've been getting a lot of uh, people coming on Twitter, so that's been nice. Remember, if you follow me, I will follow you right away. And uh, contest-wise, when I hit 30 people... Uh, 30 likes on the page. I will do another contest. I don't know what that is right now. Right now I'm at 20 and it's going to take a while before I get another 10, I would assume. So I will announce that in further uh, future. So also don't forget that uh, in October is going to be the Oktoberfest, uh, you know, where I'll be reviewing Halloween, Halloween 2. I'm going to be talking to Crow and it's just going to be a good, good time. So I cannot wait. So that's pretty much it for uh, what I wanted just to talk to you guys about. Now let's get into the music spotlight. Now the music spotlight, um, it's time to get sentimental on Sweep Delay Podcast. Uh, I've never played a slow song for my spotlight song. I don't dig slow songs. I'm not a slow song person. But today is a special event. It's September 11th. Now, uh, I'm going to play you a song that most of you have probably never heard before, and uh, a couple different reasons behind it. Uh, number one, um, Pillar is my favorite band, as you guys know. I've played their music a lot on this show, especially uh, just earlier in the movie Music New Spotlight, that, that hard rocking song you heard, that was Pillar. Uh, and they do like one slow song an album. And this particular song, um, I... It was the first time that I was like, wow, I absolutely love this song because it means a lot, especially around the time period it came out. The name of this song is called Smiling Down. And what it's about is the lead singer had a best friend who, a husband and wife, they had a really hard time to, you know, get a baby. Uh, it took them a couple years. And when they finally got their miracle baby, the baby about two months old diagnosed with a certain disease that unfortunately it couldn't last any longer um, than than two months it it was basically gonna die and you know it was really hard for them to go through it and what the song is about is from the baby's perspective being up in heaven smiling down on the parents and it's also written for the people that have lost a loved one that you were really close to and the fact of that they you know, as down and depressed as you are, that they are there, you know, watching and, and looking down and smiling down on you. And uh, it's an excellent, excellent song, and especially for September 11th. If anybody out there um, had any sort of September 11th event happen to them, um, you know, this song is for you. If nothing September 11th related happened to you, but you've either recently lost a family member or, or a loved one or, uh, you know, you know somebody that has. This is an excellent song. Uh, it's kind of a, a comfort song, but it's awesome. Now, it's not like a, a mellow, like, you know, 
song it's it's definitely uh it's an uplifting song so it's definitely awesome i i highly recommend that you check the song out uh this will probably be the last slow song i'll ever play in the show because again i'm not a slow song person it's not my thing but this song totally rocks and it's also dedicated to my aunt uh me and my aunt were very close and when i lost her i was pretty devastated but i i listen to this song a lot to help me get through it so this song is dedicated to you and to anybody else out there so um that's pretty much it guys for this um episode i appreciate you checking it out uh again stay tuned for uh this coming week and this is pillar with smiling down this is misunas out and you guys take care you make it so hard on yourself that there's nobody else that could ever understand that you felt I can hear you think about all the time I was around if you could only see me now I'm right here looking down